Hello, hi, prophetic family, those that love God, the ones that God love. How are you? The last two weeks we have been moving into the new season, and it's such exciting and new times. Sometimes the growth spurts is disconcerting. It's just like when new things happen to us. There is death of the old, and there is growth spurts. So everything feels a bit chaotic and messy now, but it is exciting times. There is an ultimate picture and an ultimate strategy and place that we are going when God finally has His way with us. Today, I want to share with you this concept that I understood through a vision that God gave me a couple of years back. It's a very precious and intimate, personal vision to me. So at first, I didn't really want to share it. It's a treasured memories between God and me. But I feel that such good wine, good revelations, should not be kept a secret. Such good wine from the Holy Spirit should be freely poured out for all to enjoy. I feel that I have the prompting of God to share this vision with you, and also what I learned from it. I believe that it's going to impact you in a very powerful way, and it's going to put you in the right frame of mind and setting to maneuver. And to capitalize on this new season that is upon us, I call it my banquet vision with Jesus, because it reminds me of the final banquet that Jesus will have with the body of Christ, His bride. But yet, in my vision, it's a very intimate and personal vision of me sitting down to have a meal. With the Lord Jesus, I'm going to open us with two Bible verses about feasting with the Lord to put us in the right mindset and frame. Exodus five one says that, and afterward Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, "Thus say the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness." And Isaiah twenty-five verse six, where it says that the Lord of hosts will prepare a lavish banquet for all the people on this mountain, a banquet of aged wine, choice pieces with marrow, and refined aged wine. So at a time and a season in the past of searching God, I saw a vision of myself sitting down at a table. Like a grand palace table, but in this occasion there was only Jesus at me at the table, and because it is one of the first few times that I get to know Jesus better, I was very excited and full of anticipation to have this meal with Jesus. I recall that my thoughts, I was feeling so thrilled at the presence of the Lord. So near to me, just sitting at the next seat. And even though we were in a very grand place, a very beautiful surroundings, 
but I recall that all my attention was fixed on the Lord. I was quietly taking in his demeanor, his presence, the way he looked, understanding how the Lord looks like and feels like, as described in the Bible. I recall that at this dinner, there were angels around us in that setting, and the angels were serving various types of wonderful and delicious delicacies. I remember that there were dishes of all the things that men love in this world. There was a dish served with fame and fortune, a dish served with beauty, a dish served with loved ones, a dish served with career or business success, even a dish served with ministry success. And these were all delicate and exotic and wonderful food that people in this world love. And I'm only human like the rest of you. Um, I don't want to try to pretend to be anything holy or different from the rest of everyone else. And I think in normal circumstances, if I wasn't in that vision, I would love all these things as well. I mean, who wouldn't? But the weirdest thing to me was that in that vision, perhaps it's the Holy Spirit trying to teach me something, but in that particular vision, when I saw all this dazzling array of wonderful things, I had no feeling towards them. I admit that all these things would excite me in real life. But in that vision, because God was just next to me and he appeared to me so much more wonderful and so much more lovely that the most dazzling and attractive things of the world pale in comparison to God. And I was thinking, Oh, it's a rare occasion that I get served this wonderful food. Let's just eat. But still in that vision, I was totally so consumed and so focused by God that I did not touch any of those food. The Lord was speaking and he spoke in a very gentle and calm and low tone. So I was focused on him trying to listen well to make sure that I hear everything that he has to say to me. And even then, I recall vaguely thinking, all these angels like around me, serving me food, they are a distraction. They are, I'm just so impatient, like just finish serving the food and go away. Like you are disturbing my time from spending with Jesus. I don't know whether I can do it in real life if it happened, but I am just sharing with you how I felt and acted in the vision. And then the vision ended, and I saw that Jesus looked very pleased with me. He was smiling. And then the scene changed, and I heard like the Holy Spirit talking to me, teaching me. And the Holy Spirit said to me clearly, he called my name and he said, If men should know of 
the wealth and the riches and the blessings and the glory and the good things that God is capable of giving him or her. Men and women would covet Jesus. And I was led to understand that the Holy Spirit means that many men and women would gravitate to Jesus just because of what he could give them and not because they truly love him. To be honest, I was very surprised when I heard the Holy Spirit say this. I had never thought of God in this way before, but now I see him with new eyes and I saw and I realized that indeed it was true. God is the most powerful and the richest God in the entire universe. All the silver and gold on earth belongs to Him. If He wanted to, He could give you anything that your heart desires. If He wanted to bless you, He could give you wealth and riches and family and friends and success. But... In that context, I saw that many men and women would make use of God, take advantage of God, or even delude themselves into thinking that they are doing this for God, but they are not really. They are doing this for themselves. So maybe you could think that, I want to do well in this job. I'm going to pray to God because it's for the glory of God. But if you look deep inside your heart and is honest with yourself, are you really doing this for God or are you doing this for yourself? Because you want to feel self-satisfied and you want to feel a sense of achievement that I'm great and I'm successful and God is so lucky to have me. Or maybe even you are brought up to say all the right things and say all the holy things. But really, if we examine ourselves, how much of our holy proclamations is for God and how much of it is for ourselves? To benefit ourselves, to get a good reputation or to let people think that we are holy. And I know that for many of us, we didn't do it deliberately. It is not that we are trying to be wicked. But it's because of the fallen nature of man, these elements of self-preservation and of selfish motives and pride and fear and self-aggrandization, they creep in unknowingly and sometimes unnoticed by us. But I saw that even if we are aware or we are not aware of these secret motives in our heart, but to God, who is all-knowing and all-wisdom, He knows everything and He sees everything, even things that we cannot see ourselves easily. So once the Holy Spirit prompted me to this, what thoughts that God is thinking, then I understood why Jesus often waits and stands and observes us before He would do anything. And sometimes we pray and we don't get our prayers answered immediately. Or sometimes we have been wrestling with a situation for a few months or even years. And we think that God doesn't care or God isn't real. But in fact, 
God cares and God is real. God is watching us. God is prompting us. God is teaching us. And God is opening up areas of our heart that were formerly hidden, even from ourselves. And through these small testings or trials, God is bringing up the dross or the corruption in our hearts and God is burning them away with His holy fire, refining us, making us pure and holy. And I think this revelation made me very shocked at that time because I've never seen Jesus in this way before. But as I thought about it, then I understand it better. So Jesus is like the richest boy on earth. And in fact, he is. Because God the Father, heaven and earth belongs to him. So Jesus is holding back and not aligning himself with the people that only want him for their own motives. They want him because of what he can give them. So they love the riches and the wealth and the power and the influence and the recognition better than they love Jesus. And God doesn't want him to be made use of in this way. I have no doubts that God loves you and God knows what you need and God will freely give to you whatever resources that you need. But the most important is our heart. Do we love Him for being Him? Or do we love Him for the material things that He can give us? And I say this with fear and trepidation. I am not saying that I can be what I saw myself in the vision. And I have to work on it as well as with everyone else. But I just want to share with you, this is what I learned and it impacted me a lot. Because I realized that in whatever we do, whether to help others or for God's ministry or to provide for our families, we now know what delights the heart of God. And I hope that none of us here listening will ever do or think anything to dishonor God, to sadden His heart or to make use of Him. God is just like you and I because we were created in the image of God. How would you feel if somebody close to you only loves you because of what you can give to him or her? And my heart breaks when I saw Jesus thinking these thoughts and knowing what is in their hearts. I have been guilty of thinking of myself more than God before, and I'm sure that many of us have done that. But today, I want to encourage you to put aside and not think about what can I benefit from my time spent with God. And today, we want to go back to the basics of falling in love with Jesus, for loving Him for who He is, as He is, all aspects of Him. And the way that we love Jesus is the way that He will love you and I. There's no reason for God to love you. He did not love you because you were rich or you were pretty. He did not love you because you were holy 
or because you excel in doing certain things. He simply loves you for you being you, and he would love you all the same for what you did and what you did not do. Will you have this authentic relationship and friendship with God? Simply you and God, honoring each other, caring for each other, providing for each other. He could be God of the universe. He could have everything, while you have very little. But it doesn't matter. As you do not see him in dollars and cents, he does not see you for what you can bring to him, because frankly, you can give him very little. But he desires only your true heart, and your true love, and your honesty, and that is enough. He will hold the world and the circumstances to protect you. While you and him are friends, I hope that this sharing has blessed you, and given you some things to think about, and to understand the character of our Lord Jesus a little better. God bless you and your family, and remember that He loves you and He supports you. In the name of Jesus, I bless you. Amen.